0: Uh, This is David Leaf, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andres Jones. I'd like to see what Radio 8-Ball looks like. I know what it looks like on a pool table. It
1: was a lot of fun.
2: Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, and uh, most shows feature a musical guest providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. But today, we are using the Radio 8 Ball app, currently available from the Google Play Store. And depending upon when you are listening to this potentially available in the iTunes store. It's filled with every song, almost every song ever recorded in the history of Radio 8-Ball, and that will be our oracular divination tool for today. And all of the questions on this episode, other than mine, have been provided by members of Little Outfit, known as the Wild Honey Orchestra. And now we are joined by someone who's returning to Radio 8-Ball, he is a member of the Brian Wilson Band. He is a, the he was the vocal... Or, uh, well, let's just bring him on to the show, and he'll tell us what, what his title was. Nelson Bragg, welcome to Radio 8 uh,
0: How's it going? I haven't seen you in many years.
2: Yeah, last time I saw you, you were getting me in to see Brian Wilson do Smile in Seattle and making my, me and my friend Scott Taylor uh, very happy. Oh, boy. That was wonderful. It was wonderful of you to do that for us. My memory—you've been on the show before—but my memories of you go back to when you first got to LA. You—you you were uh, just ba- just out from Boston. You yeah. were—you still had—I don't know—you still had that. Bo- you still kind of do. You're wearing, you're in with well, your actually, leather it, jacket that's... and your black. You're, you know, you you're a, you, you. look like you're still rocking the Boston vibe. Yeah,
0: I, the accent's actually getting coming back. Yeah, after being gone for. Most of my life because I didn't like it, but I've decided to let it go.
2: That's good. It's time. It's time. So yeah. And we uh, we had uh, I don't know if you remember we had a little songwriting, you know, sort of like music session in Andy Dick's living room. Oh yeah. And I think I still have the tapes of that somewhere. We were getting ready for there was I was organizing in a some music event, and I was maybe gonna we were gonna do something for it, but I don't know if we ever did. But I have watched with joy. As you have just taken hold of the L.A. pop scene and made it yours. <clears throat> and... Well, I don't know about
0: that, but I'm most definitely uh, more of hands-on in the production and, of things. And uh, I started a record label, not a big one, but a little one. And um, so I'm not just playing with people, but I'm putting their music out.
2: What's your label? Steel Derek Music. Steel Direct.
0: Steel Derek. Derek which is the name of a rock quarry in my hometown, which is uh, called Rockport, Mass. And from Rockport, they got granite, really good granite. Don't know why, but there it is. And sometimes, most of the time, after they're done mining, the thing fills up with spring water. And it's the greatest swimming anywhere. So Steel Derrick Rock Quarry is where we all, all my mates, learn to swim. Like breaking away. When we were little kids. And that's where we all had our first drink and our first this and our first that. The hangout spot in the woods um, at Steel Derrick. So I called my record label Steel Derek Music.
2: It also sounds like uh, a porn star's name set back. Steel Derek. Yeah, well, to go from, could you, do you sometimes think if you could go and like whisper in, you know, your teenage self's ear and say, you know what? You're going to be in Brian Wilson's band. <laughs> what would you know? What would would you believe it? Could you believe that when you were growing up in in Massachusetts, could you have seen where you are now?
0: Nah. I
2: mean, I I was. Always, I know once you have it, it's not. It doesn't seem as like it's such a big deal. But to, I love it. No, love no, it is you. a big deal.
0: Um, it's been great, and I, you know, I've been so dedicated to playing music more than anything. And certainly more than most people I have ever known, because they were really good at getting girlfriends, (laughs) and then they were really good at getting married, and then they were really good at having kids, and then they were really good at getting houses. Yeah. And I was really good at being in a band and writing songs, and that's what I needed to do, and I would let go of girlfriends and stuff because of music, so... Mm -hmm. Their guitars in their closet, and they have an incredible, you know, their lineage is going to continue on for another hundred years, but mine kind of stops with me. <laughs> well, you and me both. Because I, I really, really just really wanted to play drums. I really yeah. wanted to sing.
2: You Are you saying this with a, an air of regret? Do you, no, 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 no.
0: I think everyone sacrifices something for their dreams, you know? If they get their dreams, they make a sacrifice to get it. If they don't get their dreams...
2: They still make the sacrifice. There's a
0: sacrifice, (laughs) but there's something else that happens that they didn't expect that's really great, too. Right. Those things I wish I had. My sister, I have a twin, Louise, and she got the family. She got the... They're all adult kids now, and I got the college diploma. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um... The freedom to do what I want to do. I work for 25 years before I got a opportunity to play professionally. Not have to wake up before noon, which is really the goal anyway. When you think yeah. about it, girls and sleeping till noon is the goal. Music, whatever. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. But just, she has this incredible family, and I, I don't know what it's like to be a father.
2: Well, this is this is hitting a little too close to home. You're just singing my you're singing my own. Mm. You know, think thoughts of the road not taken. Yeah, um, but I want to, but I want to tap into something that I felt when I was hanging out at the, particularly at the event uh, on Saturday, the Buffalo Springfield event, with everyone in the green room afterwards, like hanging out, and everyone there is someone who I think is really cool, right? Uh, to me, like oh. They're cool. They're cool. They're cool. Even when I don't feel like I'm cool. Like, those, these, these, these people are cool. But I had this moment of realizing, oh, wait a second. We're all a bunch of nerds. Like what you're describing. We're all the, the nerdy kids who chose to, like, woodshed and, like, to hang out in their room playing and listening to music because other opportunities of social interaction at a certain point weren't offered to us. And I just saw this sense, like I felt, even among the coolest members around, there was still that awkwardness that is, kind of what unites us. That, it, and maybe it's this particular brand of music that speaks to people who are more into the music than into the like I'm cool. Because there's like there's an I'm cool side of the music business that I don't feel like uh, that's what the Wild Honey thing is about. It's much more about it's m- sort of like this epic nerdiness. Yeah, That that is great. You know, that's how you why why you would want to merge the Mono Man mix of the of sit down. I think I love you with the Buffalo Springfield mix and why everyone would get off on why it's so cool to do that. Only people who are big nerds, big music nerds would be into that. And then to be in a room, not just with all of them on stage, but in the audience, just get that Alex theater full of all these people who are on that same nerdy wave, wavelength is really, I mean, it's a, f- it, well, it was a It was a great joy for me. I sometimes get to go and sign autographs for a, a, a horror things because of being a nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm not really into horror films, but my friends who were in horror films yeah. talk about going to the cons the way I felt being in that room of just like, oh, everyone here. I would never have to explain Buffalo Springfield for one to anyone here. Probably 90% of the people here know who the Wonderments are. You know, 90 plus percent of the people here know who Jellyfish are. How much of my life do I go through trying to explain, like saying to people, have you heard of, and they say no, and then the conversation ends. Right? Have you heard of Jellyfish? No. Oh, now, I'm not going to try and explain it to you. No. The conversation's dead, but that's not going to happen there. Everyone's in on that wavelength. Yeah. So how long have you been in the band, in the Wild Honey Orchestra?
0: Well, they, had a, they were uh, formed in the 90s. And then it went away, I guess, for about 15 years. And it came back. When it came back, I... You were right in. Got in. I got st- in. You know, an email was sent out. We're going to do two Beatles records to start this off. And I said, well, I'll play percussion if you want. Because they had a drummer right away, Jim Lospisa, was going to drum. So I'm like, well, okay, well, I've been kind of not playing drums since I got with Brian so I'll just do what I always do which is sing and play percussion Right. and that I became that guy and uh, that was the first year that, uh, let me see, so six years ago it's 2013 I think yeah. 15 yeah, 2013
2: and is there, in all those years is there some particular highlight moment where you got to play on a song or play with a person that is still like, oh, wow, I'm so glad I got to do that.
0: Oh, that happens every year for sure. Um, But last, two years ago, we did the Beach Boys uh, 67 to 77. And I got to do the song Friends, sing sing Friends from the Friends album. And that's Mm -hmm. my favorite Beach Boy record is is Friends. Mm -hmm. But it was a little high for me. And so I started singing it like a little falsetto. And they were like, you really need to sing that full voice. It's, it just has to be. So I was doing it, and I was getting better, but it wasn't knocking me out. They were like, no, you sound great. So the last rehearsal, Carney Wilson's around. She's not doing the show. She's just hanging around, because her husband, Rob, is. he's embedded in this whole thing. He's fantastic. Just what a guy. Great musician, great guy. She was just hanging around, and she goes... Someone asked why she isn't singing anything. She goes, I, I just... I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, just don't feel like it, I guess. And Darian, being Darian, because he's, he just brings people together. That's yeah. what he does. He was born to bring people together.
2: Beautiful.
0: Said, you know, Nelson needs a hand on Friends. And so she came over and asked me, and I went, yes, please. Yeah. And we sang it unison. And it sounded so girl-boy, unison vocal, yeah. singing that childlike melody. And it was it couldn't have been better. She bailed me out. She saved me, and we had such fun.
2: Well, you know, this brings me this. I'm sorry if I got I've got to go down this cul de sac because it came up on an earlier on our previous show. We had Dead Rock West, mm. Cindy Wasserman, and Frank Lee Drennan, and they were talking about how on one song they sang unison, and I said to I said to Frank, "Well, this is an interesting thing: the difference between unison singing and doubling." It's a subtle difference, but when you double, when you're doubling, you're trying to like make it sound like one voice. But when you're singing in unison, you're really trying. You're you're wanting the differences in the voice to almost feel like it's you're hearing the two different voices singing on one note. And he was like, "Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. That just sounds insane. I don't. That's the same thing." It's like, well, I don't think it's the same thing. What well, like you...
0: doubling is when you are. Tr- tracking yeah so you're going to double your voice to thicken up the and you want to match it so it sounds good um but unison singing is is more of a that's going to be two different people singing in the same notes yeah as opposed to doubling which is the same one person singing twice
2: thank you okay i just needed to get sanity check because afterwards i was like am i really just wrong about that No.
0: no no there is a difference um, one person, in, one involves two people, one involves one person.
2: So, okay, we've touched on a... Oh, I've asked everyone this, so I'm going to ask you. Again, I'm, I am I, I set this up as But actually,
0: say, on the other hand, what? you could have someone track a song and then another person tracks over that too. That's a unison and a double. Right. Okay, so just getting okay. it out of the way.
2: Uh, <laughs> thank you for helping me out there. I'm
0: going to be doing a you, symposium sorry. on this subject at... Uh, have
2: you produced other people's records, by the way?
0: I started doing that about uh, six years ago, seven years ago. Yeah.
2: How's that? Is that? It seems like that would be in your wheelhouse, like the stuff that you've gain, gained from working with Brian Wilson, has to be like it, it, the role and the role that you were playing. What I saw you playing with the Wild Honey Orchestra as the vocal director. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that all that would lend you push you right into. The I'm really Wild into it. Production.
0: Yeah. I mean, harmony is my favorite thing. In the in the musical world, Mm -hmm. vocal harmony is my favorite thing, even more than playing drums.
2: Yeah, too bad you have to work with Brian Wilson. it's
0: just yeah, it's not a lot harmony. Not a lot of harmony going on there. So yeah, we struggle, but you know, I'll take it. But anywho, um, um, I produced Annie Chelsea. Yeah, she's amazing. She's a songwriter from Portland, Oregon. She moved here 25 years ago, maybe longer, 30 years ago. And uh, she, she did a. I, did, I produced her record, Tangle Free World, in 2011, and then we've toured Europe twice, three times, oh uh, gosh, four times now, on that record and other solo albums that she's done. Very cool. And um, I, t- I produced a record for a guy named Kip Boardman, who is this amazing songwriter. Oh,
2: I know Kip. He's great. Yeah, I did well, one of his. Well, my friend Walt did. Uh, Walt Vincent did some work with him oh, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's
0: from my, my home area. We both got hit by the same nuns in Catholic school. <laughs> he, I mean, we couldn't believe it. Yeah, well, you went to Star of the Sea. C- yes, I went to Star of the Sea C- School and Marblehead Mass. <laughs> it was shocking. It's like, okay, I'm producing a record. That's it. I don't care. Yeah,
2: we can. <laughs> we need to heal. We, need to, we to can. Heal. Just
0: <laughs> let the healing begin. Yes, and uh, um, and uh, uh, recently I did a, a, a folk a triple play, which is uh, the Chelsea Bragg Maitland. CD uh, to support our UK tour that we did last Oct- August, uh, August, yeah.
2: Those are three different names or is that one? Yeah, is it... it's
0: Andy Chelsea and Nelson Bragg and um, this wonderful songwriter from uh, from Dublin via Stoke-on-Trent uh, England, his name is Duncan Maitland mm-hmm. he Duncan is power pop monstrosity he was an original member of Hugwash hmm. and he was in a group called Picture House back in the 90s and they had a big hit called um what was it called? I can't remember, but it's amazing. I love I can't remember. But great it's amazing. vocal it's a great great song. great song, right? Sunburst was their single and yeah. Heavenly Day was another single by Picture House. So we teamed up to uh, to a great C D.
2: So before I I mean I gotta get to your question, but before I do, I've asked everyone here if you could pick the next Wild Honey band to tribute. Again, I know that there's a different process. I'm not asking you to like try and advocate for something. But if I immediately said, "I'm gonna," that's what you got to do. You got it. We got to pick it tonight. It's what's it gonna be? Which one did Dave,
0: David Goodstein, say? Do you remember?
2: Uh, he was saying, that, do, "Do you remember? I remember." Do you Pepper remember Farm which one? Pepperidge Farm <laughs> remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, he said he'd like to do the Beatles solo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then I suggested doing the Beatles solo, but as if, like 1971, as if the Beatles didn't break up. So right. So stuff for me today. See Now
0: that's...
2: That's, deep. that's getting into that nerdy zone. I love
0: it. Yeah, the train spotters. Yeah. We are train spotters. I mean, that's the magic of the Wild Town Orchestra is, is that we all knew at the very beginning before a note was played... That we're gonna do things really, really close to the original. Yeah. Um, kind of like the way the people in Brian's band kind of replicates Smile yeah. and Pet Sounds. We just try to do everything exact.
2: You know. Yeah, so, like you yeah, like Civil War recre. It's recreation. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you. The di- Civil War among the among the Wilsons. <laughs> right. That's so funny. But um,
0: you know. So they had, they had uh, the Wild Honey in the 90s, and I think they did the Birds. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the Birds are my favorite band. So uh, I want to see the new, and, you know, I'm going to say it, new and vastly improved Wild Honey Orchestra has now for six years just really yeah. kind of gone way, way beyond what they were in the 90s, and I think they should do the Birds again.
2: The birds
0: again. Best of the first five albums, you know, or even you know. I mean, I just feel like we could read, we could do that. That would be great. If not, then because I mean, I get two because I picked one they already did. Yeah. So the second I think would be, gosh, you know, I want them to do XTC, but
2: oh yeah, it's
0: the '80s, and I don't know how, if they are really they wanted. Well, do there's
2: the, already the XTC Appreciation Society thing that they're yeah. doing it.
0: I love that which was really good I went to both
2: shows oh yeah I went to both shows and it was really good I only saw the second one but it was I was saying to everyone this is the closest I'm ever going to get to seeing XTC and I watched This Is Pop
0: last night for the first time and I was like oh my god this is so great yeah it was so great so I'm kind of a you know I'm the run of the mill garden variety power pop nerd I'm right in the middle yeah I'm a fan of all of the, you know, those hook-laden, vocal-heavy. Yep. You know, three minutes of magic. I love it.
2: So I, I, I've been asking this question, but I realize I haven't. Do you mind if I throw out what, what if I could, if I could tell the Wild Honey Orchestra? What yeah, I yeah, to do there? absolutely. So, even more audacious than XTC in terms of being. Too modern. I would love to see the Wild Honey Orchestra do Jellyfish Spilt Milk.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. That record. Well, they would have to do both that yeah. one and the yeah first one.
2: I, I I mean, we could do all Jellyfish. I mean, it's only two records, so it's not like there's there's oh, a there's, lot to work. With. Well, you know, we had Buffalo
0: Springfield, and there's a box set to choose stuff from. Yeah, I know, and there's and there's several boxes, got... two box sets of Jellyfish stuff with unreleased Omnivore songs. That's yeah. yes, right, unreleased songs. And uh, covers and stuff. There's lots of stuff they could choose
2: from. So, so jellyfish. But then if we if we went older, what the one that I would this is my my passion to turn people onto this this artist. I, everyone, I feel like a lot of people know this artist without knowing him, which is Lowell George. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone says Little Feet. I'm like, no. There's Little Feet, and there's Lowell George. And Lowell George was all you know, was definitely the leader of Little Feet, but there's a difference between the Lowell George songs and the other people's songs. And as a songwriter, like I would just like to see Lowell George get his due. And I feel like that crew would I would that would be mm, I would love that. Anyway, yeah. Like I say, we're just fantasizing here. Ultimately it's for it's for think tank for autism and it's for Jay. The Autism Think Tank and of New, New Jersey, which you know,
0: is uh Which is making great leaps and bounds uh, in research for why and how autism happens, and and uh, gosh, we've
2: probably gone over $150,000 for them. It's great. I think that was a big. I mean, that was a big success. I mean, you got. I bought two $40 tickets and a T-shirt for 25 bucks. That's a that's a nice little chunk for like if everyone's if everyone's doing that, and it's great. And again, it feels really good everything about really everything about Wild Honey lives up to the name it feels like that it feels wild in the sense that this doesn't feel like something that's being done on sort of a conveyor belt like they're not trying you're not trying to do Wild Honey so that then you could take it on tour or make a record it's one night it's one event for great with all this great for a great cause Mm -hmm. and great musicians tributing other great musicians there's just there's nothing that isn't wild and sweet about that right uh Anyway, you'd think after I have had five or six people, members of the Wild Honey Orchestra in here, I would be done raving about it, but I'm, I feel like I could just keep going. It's a really great thing. It's phenomenal. It's really phenomenal, <clears throat> and it's great. And, uh, and uh, like I said, uh, watching you lead the, lead the vocal, uh, the, the singers through the rehearsals and through the show, it was very. I loved watching it. It made me very happy to see you up there doing what you do. And uh, I think I said this to you at the show, you had v- two very impressive tambourine throws across the stage <laughs> over people's heads with Susan Cousill and uh, David Goodstein, yeah. both just catching, like, really, it was like, that's a lot of mind meld and, and <laughs> faith that you had there. When it ha- It's one of those things that happens so fast, and as soon as it happened, you're like, that could have gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I made sure they were looking at me before I threw it.
2: <laughs> that was good. So... <clears throat> You've been on Radio, Radio April before, but I don't think you asked the question. I think we just had you, we were using your music. We had David Leaf on to ask the right, question. on right, that. Right, right. I remember. But, uh, but, uh, Beetle, I mean, the Beach Boys biographer, David Leaf, and other, he's written other things. That, oh, yeah. So many things. At the time, I think he was hawking something that he'd done about the James Brown concert that happened right after Martin Luther King was shot, the concert he was doing in Boston. And right, the night canceled.
0: James Brown saved Boston. Boston. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, <clears throat> enough, enough. All these references. This is all about you. You get oh. to now enter the realm of the pop oracle, Nelson, and engage it with a question. It could be something philosophical, fanciful, personal, serious, whimsical. Okay. What do you think?
0: A question.
2: A question for the pop oracle.
0: Is there friends in rock and roll? And let me tell you, that's a real serious question.
2: I hear you, my friend. Would you mind repeating your question for the app?
0: Is there friends?
2: Is there friends in rock and roll? Okay, and would you mind shaking to engage? Okay. been playing all night tonight. So, uh... This is going to be long. rush towards the end. We will. We are going to hypnotize you, and you're going to come out of come out of this out of this room at the end of the night with five Mr. Jones and the previous CDs, a couple T-shirts, and you're going to think just the way we tell you to.
1: the kids the best place call it-
2: tell you what we just listened to. Okay. What we just listened to was recorded live. It's my band, Mr. Jones and the Previous, recorded live on tour in the early 90s. And it is a suite, kind of perfect, like Beach Boy, like what we're talking about, a suite of what we called the weather songs. And mm-hmm. So there was a song about this. And it was very much inspired by the, the elements in, uh, in Smile. The idea of merging elements in a song so a song about the sun the wind uh sun the sun wind forever here is the earth and who's going to make it rain uh which i don't think we got to the who's going to make it rain so it was the first three elements so the elements of fire earth fire uh air and earth and so is there friends First of all, there's a syntax that I was like. Are there friends in rock and roll? Is there friends in rock and roll? Yeah, I think that's Uh, a
0: yeah. There's a syntax uh, dilemma there.
2: But but for me, just to tell you, like that song is my was the band that I was friends with in rock and roll. Okay, and I think we're all like we're all still. I think none of us would say that we're not friends, but we're not friends who talk very much. Mm. And we if we don't have a thing to do. We have been scattered to the winds. You know, we lived in each other's colds and farts and inspiration and yeah, you know, bad manners and great ideas <clears throat> and hopes and dreams. And uh, so there are two there there are two conflicting things in that for me is that one there's this first of all it's a moment captured on recording so. Actually, in the making of rock and roll, there was Friends. And then there's these eternal elements, which when you mix them together, there's something like we always have with that connection to ourselves and to the earth and to the world in which we live. But then there's also that I think maybe where the cynicism of where your song comes from is like if the band doesn't make it, if other things get in the way and uh, bands break up, Mm. you think that it's forever. But it's it rarely is, right? And unless you are the heartbreakers, yeah, you know, you don't usually play with the songwriter right up until his last week on the planet. Eventually, you find another gig, and whatever happened to that guy, right? Where does your question come from? What, can you? I know you don't have to get into the exact <clears throat> specifics, but maybe you could tell that like you don't have to give us the names, but are there is there a particular situation that you are thinking of? Not really. Um, I think that. Uh...
0: I think that in the world of music and entertainment, um, people are very close. People are very close when everything is good. And uh, when something happens wrong or different, or someone goes away, or someone dies, or, you know, the people left behind. Like, I'll quote Tom Petty after, uh, you know, um, why am I forgetting his name? The great singer in the Traveling Wilburys, Wilburys who died. Don Roy Orbison? When Roy Orbison died, you know, they, these people just were brothers, you know. But when he died, he Tom Petty, he, I mean, he goes, gosh, it's terrible to see him go. It's just, but sure, I'm glad it wasn't me. Yeah and that's where my question comes from because it's the fucking truth sure yeah. I'm glad it wasn't me right that is the answer yeah and i don't care who you are you can be ringo you can be uh, in the who mhm you can be in the the hottest bar band in in new orleans whatever but when shit hits the fan and you get and you survive it mhm you're just grateful that you did and whoever missed it or is not there anymore
2: uh oh well sayonara yeah you know i i i i have to say that since it, since it is my song that came up and i it's been a theme that's been emerging for me i do think that there are friends in rock and roll because and this is i I particularly feel this because of uh, All Day Sucker. Uh, they were, I knew them when they were the imposters. We used to play shows together back in the early 90s. And we, I, like, if there was competition, then we were in competition. I never felt like we were in competition. I felt like we were people who liked the same kind of music at a time when people were, in, when, when most of the people, most of the world was into something totally, into Guns and Roses and stuff. And we were playing what I considered real rock and roll music, and they were playing real rock and roll music. And they it really is through their friendship that I have managed to stay connected to the music to my music playing self in in LA. Um they you know and so again we could they could see me as competition, they could see me as a guy who didn't make it and why you know what do we have to gain gain from him. But for years, whenever I'd come down to Tuesday night at Cantor's they always still treated me like I was the guy who oh, they played yeah. shows with. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and so, sure. I, you know, with the real ones, But again, it's been a theme here. When you're the real deal, you don't need to front. You know, when you're the real deal, like when you're doing the, the this Buffalo Springfield event, there's no... Everyone wants to be great, but no one's <clears> really <throat> in competition with each other no. because you're all in service of this greater thing, right?
0: Yes, and that is certainly in the Brian Band, that's, a, that's the case. I mean... Yes, there there are careers, um, but the main number one goal that no other band has is that we're taking care of this guy. Yeah. That's the number one thing. We take care of Brian. So there's that's the magic of that band, is that um, bands don't have that problem or challenge. Mm-hmm. So for 14 years... I was proud to be part of a group making sure that he was happy yeah you know maybe rookie erickson has the same thing you know maybe sid barrett had it for a couple of years you know mm-hmm. i don't know right but um it was a it's a, it's very often a selfless job to be in that band and uh i'm really proud that i made that guy smile that's a big deal to me.
2: Well, you know, you shall be proud you made me smile. Yeah, I, I am. Want, I see you. I watch the videos and see you out there doing, playing on some of the greatest music. And I just think about that guy, you know, who was, you know, kind of a, like, you I know, felt like me, like another sad sack from the East Coast, trying to make it in a town where it was impossible. And every time I see someone come out to L.A., there's a sense of like, good luck. But damn, you... You did it, man. Well, you know what? Here's the the, the
0: lesson for anybody who wants to do something is never do art you don't like mm-hmm. and don't do art with people you don't like. Yes, they're telling you to go to the Sunset Strip and play the the Cat Club and the whiskey or whatever. Don't do it. Unless you really do have big hair and wear leather to, to in the shower, then sure, go. But you got to play music you love with people you like and you have so much fun at all your gigs whatever it is that you're doing that people notice it and they just they I want that I I want to be around that guy yeah he's just always having so much fun could it be that it's because he only plays music he loves and it just is so joyful people want to be around people mm-hmm. or if you're a gal whatever it is or if you're an actor whatever it is whatever Do what you love with people you like. Don't do pressure. Unless it's like, you know, I'm going to play a wedding and it's like 500 bucks. Yeah. I will play Mustang Sally for 500 bucks. I don't don't mind. I'll do it. Yeah. So. It's just, you know,
2: people want to be around joyful people. Either play music you love with people you like or at least play music you like for 500 bucks. (laughs) Right. That's correct. (laughs)